0: Welcome back. Um,
1: So we have about 45 minutes to look at those uh, three poems a little bit together and then for me to make some, uh, not conclusions, but some final remarks. Um, Just before I begin, people uh, have been asking me which uh, version of the poems I would recommend you buy uh, if you don't have the George Herbert by far, for me, the best version is Helen Wilcox's uh, edited versions. It's just called *The English Poems of George Herbert*. It's uh, published by Cambridge University Press. It's hefty because she does a lot of um, uh, notes at the end and takes you through words. And, so, if you if you're intrigued by the words that are used and the lots of resonances that they have, and uh, the titles and all that. She's very good uh, and that's the one I would recommend although there are lots of, lots of editions which are, are good.
2: Uh, Wilcox.
1: <clears throat> and then somebody and I can't remember who asked me if I'd got a copy to sell of the special words and I do. I have one. <laughs> <laughs> At the end. Uh, but only, only one. I, I didn't bring loads of... I uh, know. Uh, right. So, did most groups look at the three poems? Yes. Two yes. Two, or th- two or three, okay. So, they're very different poems. You can see the different forms, the different complexities, the different styles. Uh, I would have thought, correct me if I'm wrong, that you probably found the easiest one, gratefulness. Hmm. Uh, well you're not easy to please Okay. well let's look at gratefulness (coughs) (laughs) gratefulness is a largely neglected poem you won't find it quoted very often and scholars do not spend a lot of time on it because they're a bit sniffy about it Um, who liked it all right. Good. Let me just read it. <clears throat> Gratefulness. Thou that hast given so much to me, give one thing more, a grateful heart. See how thy beggar works on thee by art. He makes thy gifts occasion more, and says, If he in this be crossed, all thou hast given him heretofore is lost. But thou didst reckon, when at first thy word Our hearts and hands did crave, What it would come to, at the worst, to save. Perpetual knockings at thy door, Tears sullying thy transparent rooms, Gift upon gift, much would have more, and comes. This notwithstanding thou wentst on, And didst allow us all our noise, Nay, thou hast made a sigh and groan thy joys, not that thou hast not still above much better tunes than groans can make, but that these country airs thy love did take. Wherefore I cry and cry again, and in no quiet canst thou be till I a thankful heart obtain of thee, not thankful when it pleaseth me, as if thy blessings had spare days But such a heart Whose pulse may be Thy praise Responses? <laughs> what was going on in your groups about this? Yes?
0: Well, I was To the group that gratitude In my sort of spiritual Life Has been sort of a central Thing To aspire to. Really. And so for me, it was, uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, we've got stuff on the transparent uh, room. room. We're discussing that, but over the course, over the years, for me, um, gratitude has been an adjusting of the lens. That's how I see it. Um, so it would seem that I need to change this or add such and such, um, but actually, how with the grateful heart, it just changes everything. Without change, nothing changes. Everything changes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's often, you know, said all, all the gifts, and then you know, please give the grateful heart because you can't truly receive or see yes. uh, what you have without one. Yes. Um, and in my sort of, uh, you know, uh, spiritual background, uh, it's often touted as the antidote to self. Gratitude
1: is the antidote to self-pity. Self-pity. Thank you. Any, anybody else? Something to say about this poem that struck them? Made you respond to it well?
2: who was he and was I?
1: Oh. Yes. Uh, well I read this as Herbert or the narrator whoever it is simply asking for a grateful heart because all the things you've just said uh, and who was it who said that if you only say one prayer in the whole of your life thank you would suffice Um, and I think that's very much uh, the end of this A, a lot of people get confused about halfway through with perpetual knockings at thy door tears selling their transparent rooms I think a lot of interpreters <coughs> say that this might be heaven's palace, you know the idea that God is in his, his palatial mm-hmm. splendour in heaven and you're knocking at the door and there are transparent rooms but we don't know Is the answer um Dunn of course, uh, says at one point that a sinner is more music when he prays than spheres or angels praises be, and I think that idea that you know, uh, particularly towards the end, not that thou hast not still above much better tunes and groans can make, but that these thy country airs, you know, these are local prayers, these are rustic. You know, there's nothing, no finesse about it. but yes, I think it is It is more complex than some people think with the who's being addressed, and but... Uh, Can I just say something? Yeah. We had the same um, element maybe in our group
2: pointed um, out that in the second stanza, and I don't know if you meant this because of the pronouns, but it starts off saying yeah. "thou" and then he makes, and we got a bit muddled why is it changing to he, yes. um, and he is the beggar. That's I know. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So, um, that's what we so just, yes.
0: Okay, that's yeah
1: and Calvin who I think you know, would have been known about very much by um, <coughs> Herbert Calvin actually says uh, that when you pray you must put on the mind of a beggar
3: mm.
1: yeah. Some something he says so I think that's probably the heart of it I think yeah verse, I, would just say, I think verse verse I think about this this notwithstanding thou always it's all that noise now has made a sigh and groan, my mm-hmm. joy. Do you think all the time you struggle with it? I must get the right words to sort of interpret the world and pray and everything else and so on. And there's this sense of taking the sighs and groans. It's a very Pauline image, of groan, course, yeah, as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. The groaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Something you mentioned, but that
2: these country airs, I love, do take is that somebody raised in that incredibly rarefied very intellectual atmosphere where to be very clever was considered a sort of you know the highest mm, end mm. of society and <coughs> he has seen through all that mm. and he sees it now just in the simplicity of as you say the rustics mm. around him that he's managed to lay aside mm. something
0: which must have been very difficult for him
1: yes you can't be clever in prayer no, no. You've found out already. Yes, <laughs> yes you are found out. Yes, you're, you know, you're just who you are.
3: Yes. I'm thinking sometimes, <coughs> really thinking of something like watching songs of praise on a Sunday afternoon and at the end of the programme feeling I've had so much praise that <laughs> actually, <laughs> oh, it might have been a thanks, actually. Yeah, and nice. and almost so his... I love the idea of uh, now, nay, thou hast made a sigh and groan as if he's saying, "Yeah, thanks, thanks for all this, but you know, give me real thanks, give me, and, and co- make it come from your heart." Mm-hmm. And yes. does all this come from your heart? And what if thanks is the first thing that comes from your heart when you see God? Then that's the best way of approaching God, is what I got from this because it it can be stopped.
1: Yes a couple of other things. Um, The Eucharist was very central to um, Herbert's spiritual understanding. Uh, You get lots of references through his poems to bread and to wine, to to the idea, as it were, of um, the Eucharist being the food that makes you more hungry for God. (coughs) So as you're fed, it makes you long more for communion. And uh, Eucharist, of course, simply means I give thanks. In Greek, Eucharisto, Mm -hmm. I give thanks. So the whole heart of the the liturgy is simply gratefulness. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that the ancient Assyrians had a word for prayer, which was the same word they used to unclench a fist. Mm -hmm. So whereas prayer is often thought of, you know, sort of banging on a table, we're going to look at prayer in a minute, you know, I want, I want, I want, actually there is this understanding that it is about slowly opening your Mm -hmm. gripped fist because you can do a lot more with it (laughs) and that it's actually symbolic for opening your life into a sort of gratitude Um, and also of course you are then able yourself to take people by the hand so I think that image is quite helpful about the sense of gratefulness in a Christian life yeah would you say something about the fall (laughs) One's inclined mm. to wonder whether by art is lost to sea yes, and gone. It, comes it, it rolls; they sequence That
2: sequence rolls off, at least my tongue quite easily. And yes. is that significant?
1: Yes, I think so. Um, uh, most things are significant with, with Herbert's forms. Uh, that's where his genius, you know, is 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 hidden but evident. <laughs> yes. um, and I think yes. Look at the last lines of those. It, it's spelling out. message, isn't it? Mm. By art is lost. Art, by the way, means artful, cunning even. Uh, By art is lost, to save and comes thy joys did take, of thee thy praise. It's a a little bit like another poem that's in here called Echo, Mm. where you'll see, he, he often plays with the sounds and echoes of words, and they are often the most significant part. In the Collar, which we haven't looked at today, but is in your... It begins, if I can find it, I'll give you an example of how echoes of words have an effect. It's on page four. The Collar is about getting rather fed up with God and (laughs) saying, I've had enough, thumb off. Uh, I struck the board and cried no more, I will abroad. What shall I ever sigh and pine? My lines and life are free. Now, so this is somebody having... A, I, I, I've had enough, I'm off, thank you very much. Striking the board means striking... Uh, I will ab- a I've abroad. The board is a table. It was also a word for the altar, of course. I struck the altar, the table, and cried, no more, I will abroad. But listen to the echoes in that, just in those first few lines. I struck the board and cried no more I two eyes. <coughs> then the echo. Shall I ever sigh and pine? My lines and lie Can you hear the eye? <coughs> it's almost as if this ain't going anywhere if all you've got is I. He's full of eye. And that's the problem. So there is not something hugely evident straight away unless you're listening very carefully to the language. Just an example. Okay, let's look at the quip. Who found this difficult? (coughs) Somebody found, yes. A few people found it difficult. Uh, Let me read it. It's on page 11. The quip. The merry world did on a day with his train bands and mates Agree to meet together where I lay And all in sport to jeer at me First beauty crept into a rose Which when I plucked not Sir, said she, tell me I pray Whose hands are those? But thou shalt answer, Lord, for me Then money came And chinking still, What tune is this, poor man? Said he, I heard in music you had skill, But thou shalt answer, Lord, for me. Then came brave glory, Puffing by, In silks that whistled, Who but he? He scarce allowed me half an eye, But thou shalt answer, Lord, for me. Then came quick wit, And conversation, and he would needs a comfort be, And to be short, made an oration, That thou shalt answer, Lord, for me. Yet when the hour of thy design To answer these fine things shall come, Speak not at large, say, I am thine, And then they have their answer home. What was your response to this A uh, little and more unusual, isn't it? This, mm-hmm. It's got a slightly different tone to it. Um, it's quite perky. It's sort of light. perky, it yeah. lighthearted light-hearted. Mm. A happy defiance. A happy defiance. Interesting, <laughs> yes. What about the title? Yeah, we wondered about the title. We were wondering whether there was a different meaning of the poem. Uh, well, it simply means a sort of sharp remark, a sharp remark. or a clever saying, uh, or, a, or a refrain, sometimes. Uh, so, it could be, referring of course to, thou shalt ask the Lord for me, you will quip them back, yes. you know, you are giving them the shock, and when he says at the end, speak not at large, I, Lord, when it comes to judgment day, <laughs> and you're going to put all this under don't go on, just say I belong to you yeah. don't speak at large, you don't need to go make an ordeal you. out of it <laughs> and, uh, and You, you read made an oration, is it actually made an oration, make an oration and of course that's a great play on the fact that he did that professionally <laughs> yeah. he was the orator of Cambridge University in my the lying. Ah, okay. Mm, I don't know about that, I'm afraid. Yes. Of course, these poems were revised, and, and, and you can find different forms quite early on in their publishing life. But there are a few differences. Helen Wilcox will elucidate all that for you. <laughs> Ad infinitum. Um, train bands, by the way, are soldiers. Uh, so, train bands are. You know, conscripted soldiers um, who've been trained and make solving all these sports jeer at me. <coughs>
0: yeah, it's
1: yes, like a territorial <laughs> army. Um, anything else that, that you were finding difficult to silks of course are the clothes people were wearing, the court dress, the silks that are making a noise. I like lo- I like the idea of them whistling. <laughs> uh, we argue for this such all settings
3: myself the our group, it's partly about some of the idolatries that face you in life as a picture. So you've got sex with the beauty in a rose, which is the idea of the, the yeah. medieval rose. Yeah. Uh, then you've got wealth, you've got you've got, um, if you like, intellectual wit. Uh, yeah. But all that is of nothing as to, on the day of judgment, when you find yeah. Yourself, and that's them the proper
1: answer. What about this, and then they find that they'll have that answer home. Mm. How do people understand that? Oh. That's ah, that's Okay. I think it means, and then then your answer will strike home. Yes. Mm. Yeah. It will strike home. Which Hits we
3: thought they a play
1: on quick but he got the quip at the end. We're yes. Like, and, and I think this, don't speak at large, is sort of. um don't give them a point-by-point point refutation, no. <laughs> just a single sentence. I am that. I am that. Yeah. And the reason I, I bring this up into our talk about friendship and friendliness is, in, in a way, it's almost as if God is being asked to be like a friend who speaks up for you when a bully's having a go at yeah. yeah. you. know, the friend who steps in and says, don't, don't you do that, he's my friend. You know, because they're all meant to jeer at him, in sort of bullying sort of way. Uh, and so I, I, I hear a sort of friend's role in this. I read it. Uh, and then prayer. Now this is a very famous poem. That does not, of course, mean that it is easily understood. Even though, of course, that is <laughs> the last word of the uh, poem. I'll read it, and then I'll see what you've made of that. <laughs> Prayer. Prayer. The church's banquet. Angels age. God's breath in man returning to his birth. The soul in paraphrase, heart in pilgrimage. The Christian plummet sounding heaven and earth. Engine against the almighty Sinner's Tower <coughs> reversed thunder Christ-side piercing spear The six days world Transposing in an hour A kind of tune Which all things hear and fear Softness and peace And joy and love and bliss Exalted manner Gladness of the best, heaven in ordinary, man well-dressed. The Milky Way, the bird of paradise, church bells beyond the star's heard the soul's blood, the land of spices, something understood. You worked out, did you, what form the poem is in? Sonnet. it's a sonnet yes. you've got the octet and the sestet and the final rhyming couplet who likes this yeah it's a very popular poem but then if you say oh could you just paraphrase that for me but <laughs> well, of course poems you can't paraphrase but it's, if somebody asked you to explain it all even though you like it it might be rather difficult think of I'm in love with the janitor's daughter it's a little bit <laughs> don't tell me um, Nevertheless, I think it's worth spending a little bit of uh, a few minutes just thinking about some of these images. But before I do that, what, what's your response to this? If you do like it, and most of you do, why? Yeah. But
2: it, in, well, just those last two words. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> do you find it a crescendo? Do you find it a plateau? How, how is it ending for
2: you? Well, there are all sorts of resonances in the words that come through. Yes. But then, rather than articulating anything, anything aloud, I, te- I can take in,
1: for me, what there is. Yes. Is there it's rather humble, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not saying as... Let's face it, a lot of our religious friends do everything
0: understood. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's something. It's like you
1: said yeah, earlier,
2: the ends find at home.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, it's Eliot's phrase, hints and guesses. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I thought it had a simplicity about it. Yes. Um, yes. Was was it wasn't as clever as the others. Yeah. Which you me a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was very
0: musical.
1: Mm. Like. Mhm.
0: Yep. Yeah. I just like that it goes right out beyond the stars, right back again to spices are quite earthy and sort of I don't know they involve a lot of senses. Yes. And then to that quiet something. Mm-hmm. So sort, of, sort of like you know eternity, just right out and you know, then something understood. It's so mm. quiet. Mhm. All in <laughs> I don't know, it takes you, uh... Somebody once said about
1: poetry that it's very good because not only does it explore the immense intimacies of the world, but also the intimate immensities of the world. <laughs> immense intimacies and intimate immensities. And I, I often find that with this. It feels very local and, you know, in ordinary. But also very numinous and transcendent, yeah, yeah. beyond the stars. It's, uh, mm-hmm. It really does feel to me like heaven and earth are uh, mm-hmm. of one piece and mm-hmm. in
2: conversation with each other. With uh, these images, yeah. It, to me, it's sort of, it was a, about kind of prayer life. You know, it's sort of the, the way prayer life sort of just ranges all over the place and yeah. has all these different experiences that you can have when you're praying, and you know, which you can go. Just all over, and then, yeah. and then that coming together when at the end of sort of maybe contemplative prayer, suddenly you know something. There's something maybe sort of understand. Suddenly something you know, maybe it wasn't something you were praying about, but suddenly you understand. There's that clarity, moment of clarity. You understand something the way you haven't before.
1: Yes, and no verb in it.
3: No main verb,
1: so a sense that it is continuous. And, um, and one full stop. Uh, yes, and one full stop after understood. Um, if you're a, a literary critic, you call it ceaseless onomation when you don't. Have, I love that. When you don't have a main verb in a in a poem, um, it's very unusual. Uh, it's, other people do it, but uh, I think it's very important that it's not here. Uh, it is really a sort of um, accumulated definitions of a, of a single theme. Uh, no, they're
3: sort of not
1: definitions. No, yes, they're not definitions, are they? They're um, accumulated Intimations. images. Intimations, Intimations. Intimations. yes. Yeah. To me it's an invitation mm-hmm. to use our senses and to expect some mm-hmm. What do you think about the... <coughs> I mean, I overheard one person, I don't know who it was, but I, and I, it resonated with me. Um, is this prayer, or is it how I would like prayer to be? It <laughs> uh, doesn't feel like my prayer, which, you know, I wouldn't describe as all those things, gladness of the best. It feels like pretty hopeless, frankly. Uh, is this um, hopeful, or, or do you find the dispiriting part of... Of prayer that you, one can have also included here.
3: It's interesting in musical comedy they always used to say if you don't, if the hero doesn't know what he thinks about something, you give him a list song, no. and you take a list and you list them all things of my love is like this, 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 and this. And I think in a sense that's one of the first list songs because he's saying prayer is like, mm-hmm. and you've got a list of different things that you can apply to, and we could each pick different phrases
1: from this yes. and make it relevant to our own experience of prayer. Right, so it's, a, it's certainly a sonnet of metaphors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's saying
2: it. The fact that it's one sentence is reminiscent of, of, of Paul in mean, I think it's Corinthians where he writes, he can't, get, can't wait to get everything out of his system so he writes a whole chunk of text which we have mm-hmm. truncated into yes. sentences but it's actually all one, one sentence. sentence yeah. I think that's, that's one aspect of it. I think another aspect of it is that the use of verbs. Now, I'm not an English teacher, and I can't tell my few perfects from my super whatevers. Um, but I know that praying in I uh, When I was younger and I learned another language, and I had to pray in that language, praying in another language, because we're not really aware of our <coughs> verbs and tenses in, in, in English. But if you have to start praying in Spanish or French or any other language, you get into, it's very easy to get into, you know, am I playing you know, Father in Heaven? You, it, it's what, what tense am I praying? Future yes. and... And there's a sort of an, an ethereal quality about that because are we praying for now, for, for yeah. the future? It's all a bit yes. Vain,
1: really. Yes, and do, can you have tenses in heaven? Because no. well, it's a yes, <laughs> yes, sorry, yes. Just say, it, it says the power and the value of prayer Even if it seems to me pathetic, it does actually change things. God's mercy is that you don't see what it's changing. Yes, actually, it's also a a sonnet that makes me want to try again at prayer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Of course, did you debate whether it's individual or corporate prayer that that he's talking about? He was very hot on corporate prayer. Mm. Um, In the church porch, he writes, Pray with the most for where most pray is heaven. So uh, he has a very strong sense of corporate prayer. Let me just go through some of these images to see whether these uh, fit in with your perceptions or not. Prayer, the church is banquet. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he starts off by saying that prayer is not so much an expression as a nourishment. That's interesting. We often see prayer as something verbal, but here it's being something that feeds, of course, that that has resonances of the Eucharist there. Uh, Angel's age, I've always seen this as meaning, well, not man's age, not humanity's age, i.e. it's limitless. It's not defined by beginnings and ends. Uh, God's breath in man returning to his birth, Well, when did God's breath first go in to man in in Adam, in creation? Uh, And here it seems to be a sort of reciprocity. It's, It's going back to its maker. The breath that was placed in you is now going out of your body back to its source. The soul in paraphrase. Paraphrase is actually according, and I'm only going off what I've read from scholars here, I don't know this, but They say of this age it meant expression by expansion. So it meant the soul actually expanding, not shrinking. Uh, And it was a musical term. It's a way that you developed the melody. So the soul developing itself in its melodies. Heart in pilgrimage, i.e. it's not static, it's, it's on the move. Prayer is something that you journey with. Uh, I heard a few of you talking about plummets, which is, of course, a measure. You measure depths of water. Um, The Christian plummet, sounding, you're fathoming, a bit like submarines, fathoming heaven and earth. An engine uh, is an instrument of warfare. Uh, It's not uh, what what we now think of turning a key or something and starting up an engine. It's uh, an instrument of warfare. So you're, as it were, besieging God. I um, think there's a big, quite a significant break in the, between lines four and five. Four and five. But mm. You just started now with engine. Yes. So I felt there was a different tenor, it, so the, 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 and it, it, was, it was stronger. Yes. Sinner's tower. Yeah. Reverse thunder. So, so there was a sort of a nature a difference in the nature of the They all rub first up against one another. They, this is not a jigsaw, is it? No. No, they're not. I am not the structure of the poem. Mm. The, the fact it's a sonnet and the ninth line. Yes. You know, I, mm. I, I, feel, I felt that uh, that was important in trying to yeah. unpack it a little I bit. Think it's true. But did you think of any sinner's towers? Babel, Babel. Babel. yes, a way of trying to uh, create your tower that reaches into the heavens. But actually maybe that's what prayer is trying to do too. What about reverse thunder? Reversed thunder. Uh, Thunder, of course, is the way that Zeus and Jove communicate and do their power. God doesn't act like that. This is reversed. Uh Christ's side-piercing spear. uh, Well... What happened uh, when the spear was put in Christ's side, it flowed with grace. It flowed with water and blood. Uh, this is where grace was pouring out. Sounds
0: just like Yes, it does. Yes, it
1: does. Uh, the six days world, uh, transposing in an hour. Well, transposing means, it's a musical term again, reproducing in a different key. Um, and of course, six days and the hour spent that you spend in church, in a service, maybe. Uh, a kind of tune, again, he's, he is a musician, which all things hear and fear. And then you have these words, um, which all suggest that it's, it's about being supple to God's will. Prayer, it's about uh, suppleness, softness, peace, bliss. And then you get exalted manner. Uh, of course, literally, in the Eucharist, that's what you do. You exalt the you hold up the bread. Um, but, of course, it could mean um, the bread of, of Moses, the bread that feeds. We're back to the nourishment idea, gladness. What about heaven in ordinary? How many books have been written and with that title? <coughs> um, Heaven in our ordinariness, heaven in everyday clothes. In your, if you're ordinary, that's in the day, it meant that you were in your everyday clothes. And then it goes into man well-dressed. Uh, of course, that's what we do on a Sunday morning, is we get well-dressed to say our prayers. Um, the Milky Way, you know, the cluster of stars, which come back later, beyond the stars heard. The Bird of Paradise... Does anybody know about the bird of paradise? It is said to have been born without legs. So what can it do? It can only hover and fly near heaven. It can't land. Isn't that like swifts? Well, they're not the same. Swallows, swifts, martins. Uh, So it has to keep, has to keep circling. Uh, Then. The couplet, the rhyming couplet, church bells beyond the stars heard, the soul's blood, the the very lifeblood of the soul, the land of spices. Um, This, of course, was a time of great discovery in the world. People were uh, discovering, And some people think, well, this is the Holy Land. This is a a mention of the the Holy Land. Uh, But it also does give you the sense of going on discovery, Of finding new places and new territories he also by the way loved incense he liked he thought on great festivals you ought to fill your church with lots of smelly herbs and incense to make a place fragrant with beauty and then you get these two i think rather humble words something understood not as i say everything um one scholar reading this says this is his most successful raid on the inarticulate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a nice... Uh, um, and I, I do think that it's, it's a very humane, evocative, puzzling way of talking about prayer when so much talk and writing about prayer is actually dense and turgid and rather dogmatic. So I do think it's an intriguing way you know? And of course, it's a conclusion in which uh, nothing is concluded. <laughs> no, no. Uh, that's something understood, although it is a, a poignant, beautiful ending. You don't feel as if, oh yeah, right, well, I finished that then. Actually, there's an expansion. Yes, expansion. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so. Can I
0: just say, yeah. sorry, it makes a lot more sense to me if you relate it to corporate prayer because I find praying by myself incredibly difficult but the idea that if you're with a group of people if you get stuck you can sort of get swept along by the tide yes, and that you can get taken up to places where you yourself yes. can't
1: go Yes, you need others to take to heaven mm-hmm.
0: In um, my confirmation classes we have to read uh, Rome Williams' Being Christian book which is oh, yeah. Of the introduction on this, and I remember with the corporate prayer, so praying for Christmas is very like there's you know an endless prayer going on already, so you're just sort of joining in, which is quite nice.
1: I believe uh, that modern, as I said right at the beginning, different poets have been inspired by Herbert, and I wanted to bring to you to to end with. A very, very recent poem that's been written in response to this poem. And it's written by a Muslim. And it was written this year. Don't say I don't give you hot off the press. Uh, it's called Prayer. And it's by Zafar Kunial. And uh, it's just a response to this poem from somebody of a different faith. i read it to you. Prayer. First heard words delivered to this right ear, Allahu Akbar, God is great, by my father in the Queen Elizabeth maternity ward. God's breath in man returning to his birth, says Herbert, is prayer. If I continued his lines from there, from birth, A break Herbert chimes with heaven and earth. I'd keep in thought my mum on a Hereford hospital bed and say what prayer couldn't end. I'd say I made an animal noise, hurled languages hurt at midday when word had come. Cancer. Now so spread by midnight, Her rings were off. I stayed on at her bed. Earlier, time and rhythm flatlining. I whispered, Thank you. I love you. Thank you. Mouth at her ear. She stared on ahead. I won't know if she heard. Herbert's still inspiring and I, I love the image that a Muslim is finding also God's breast return oh, <coughs> carrying on uh, finally uh, what I've tried to show today is that uh, Herbert is not only just a gifted poet of course but and, and that he has this nearness to us but that actually what was right at the heart of his approach to the spiritual life is what, I don't know if you know the the, um, poet called Alice Oswald, but she recently wrote a collection called Falling Awake, instead of Falling Asleep. And in many ways I think you find this idea in his poems that in order to wake, to awaken his soul, to awaken his eyes, his song to God, there have to be falls, and that actually that's all part of his friendship, his relationship with his God. I find a very strong sense in Herbert that sometimes the face we live with must not be the face we die with, and that he's got to struggle to find that face, who he really is, uh, and that he he needs his God to help him take off the masks and, and discover who he is. I get a very strong sense from his poems that that true self of his probably kept him up at night, and that he was battling in those, certainly in those early mid-years with his desire for courtly ambition and wealth and, and, uh, and prowess uh, and that actually he was creeping as it were towards uh, the uh, throne of grace. Um, Wendell Berry that other American poet once said that the impeded stream is the one that sings The water, it has to have the stones in it in order to make a lovely noise. And I find that's probably exactly why Herbert is such a poignant poet for me is that there is this beautiful stream, but there are stones in it. And that's what makes it really sing. Thank you for today. Thank you.